Think about a podcast ad about a mattress. No one needs another podcast ad about a mattress, but here's the thing. Your choice of mattress is one of the most important decisions you can make in your life. It's the same thing with infrastructure monitoring. You don't think about it often, but it's one of your most important decisions as an IT professional. So get your monitoring hosted in the cloud with Pessler PRTG Hosted Monitor. Now with 50% off monthly subscriptions for new customers for the first three months. Go to PRTG.com and use the promo code PACKETPUSHERS. That's PRTG.com with the promo code PACKETPUSHERS, all one word. You ever want a group of fellow networking nerds to hang with once in a while? You know, in, in meat space and not just in a Slack group, uh, maybe over a beer. Well, the U.S. Networking User Association might be exactly what you're looking for. With local networking user groups popping up in various places all over the U.S. and soon other countries, the U.S. NUA is fostering community and knowledge sharing for networkers everywhere by helping NUGS launch. I am such a believer in what the U.S. NUA is doing that I'm working with them to get a networking user group started in New Hampshire, where I hail from. Joining me are Jason Gintert and Chris Kane, two of the folks behind the USNUA organization. Today, we're going to discuss what the USNUA is and explain how you too can work with them to get a nug started in your area. Chris, uh, starting with you, man, uh, first of all, both of you, welcome to Heavy Networking. But Chris, in a nutshell, can you describe for us what the USNUA is? Absolutely. Thanks for the introduction, full of energy. Hopefully I can match that throughout the uh, the conversation. <laughs> the pressure's um, on, buddy. Do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I think Jason, we're probably in our seventh year now, I believe, when he and I were sitting around with a couple other network engineers. And if you can think back to like circa 2016, 2017, uh, when SDN was all the rage. Programmability was a hot topic. You know, we were all fearful we were going to be programmed out of our jobs. Um, and, you know, we were talking about just a, an observation of the DevOps community and how they were willing to share information with one another, mm. whether they wrote scripts and posted those up on GitHub uh, or just shared those on their various sites, Reddit or Slack, Discord. Um, they didn't quite have the moat or the gated uh, type of relationships with each other that we tended to see in the networking community. Uh, so we were wondering, you know, when, where and when do network engineers get together? And as we rattled off the various conferences that we attend, we quickly realized each one of those are they're kind of owned by an OEM. Um, yeah. They're really centered, right? They're centered around selling. Well, well, the, the big one being Cisco Live, of course. That's where all the networking fish swim upstream to spawn. It seems like is uh, is there, and it was Orlando, or it was Vegas, or it was the Moscone Center, wherever it was. There was the traveling Cisco Circus every year, and and we'd all show up there. If if nowhere else, it was there. It was Interop for some years until the Interop conference kind of died off. That was another one a lot of people showed up at, but but then it then it then it kind of got thinner and and. Uh, and you're right. All of them were, I don't want to say gated, but but yeah, you know, it was under the auspices of some vendor or another, Cisco Live being uh, under Cisco and the most notable example of that. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, today, at, you know, we have the supercomputing conference, I think is fairly open, but you're right, it's it's limited. And so, you know, we realized the, those agendas being controlled by the OEMs and typically around selling, they just didn't easily facilitate network engineers networking with one another, uh, you know, talking about, hey, I've tried this and it doesn't work, or hey, I've tried that and absolutely, you know, you need this tool or you need to buy this product that's worked well for us. 
And so we thought, you know, what could we do to create a community to get network engineers together uh, talking and, and to do so openly? And we quickly realized that, that uh, we needed to create a safe space and uh, where we defined safe as no selling. Uh, so the idea was, hey, we don't want anyone OEM or VAR, you know, owning the agenda and controlling the, uh, the, the, the presenting or the panelist or the communication channels. And, and so we, we decided we'd just go to Meetup, create a group. Uh, you know, Jason and I are both located in Ohio. Jason's up in Northeast Ohio around Cleveland, and I'm in Central Ohio around Columbus. And so we decided, hey, let's, let's give this a try. Uh, let's do this in, in the Cleveland area. And you know, we, we thought, you know, we, we need some lubricant to get the conversation going. So we decided very early on, we need to be at a distillery or we need to be at a brewery. <laughs> so um, by lubricant, you mean alcohol. Okay. Bring all the introverts out of their shell and get everybody talking. <laughs> That's right. right. Get rid of those yeah. inhibitions. So um, we, we had our first one. I think it was a distillery up in Cleveland. And we probably had all of 12 or 15 people there at that event. Uh, and then we decided, hey, why don't we maybe make it a bit of a road show and let's hit some of the other cities in Ohio. Uh, so we moved down to Columbus and had an event there the following quarter. The quarter after that, we hit Cincinnati and then eventually we, we looped in Toledo. Uh, so we ended up in this cadence about one event per quarter in one of the major cities in Ohio. Uh, and then you fast forward a couple years and, and we got to about 700 members in the Ohio networking user group. And we had a lot of other folks, a lot of our peers asking, hey, how could I do something like this where I live? Oh, okay. And so so, so it started out as really an Ohio thing because that's where you guys were. But then with all these other people going, I, I think I see where you're headed here, Chris. This is how it turns into the USNUA? You got it. Right. We figured, okay, if we're going to do something in Indiana or Texas or Florida, you know, certainly we probably shouldn't be calling that the Ohio Networking User Group. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Jason and I, along with uh, three other folks, got together and decided to form the USNUA, so the U.S. Networking User Association, where the idea would be that would be like an umbrella company to all these uh, groups or chapters kind of state-based underneath that. And, and so that's how we, we moved into adjacent cities and states and markets, including Michigan and Indiana. I think those are some of the first ones that, that we initially spread out to. Uh, and then it's gone, it's grown uh, beyond that. And I think, Jason, we're around 3,000 or maybe 3,500 members today, I think, nationally. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. And, and Chris is right, you know, it really started with those adjacent states where people were coming, you know, they were coming in from from Michigan and Indiana and, and asking, you know, when they came to the Ohio events, how do I do this where I'm at? Um, and then it really, I think the catalyst was, was COVID when we had to stop doing events hmm. uh, to, to figure out, you know, to kind of retool and, and think about it in a different way. Um, and that's when we took the opportunity to, to uh, start to look at, you know, how do we, we create an umbrella organization uh, and then establish uh, their own individual chapters in in each region, but you you really thought it was the right thing to build a national organization as opposed to talking to the, the the guys in Michigan and just going, well, this is how we did it, this is how you could do it, and let them do their own thing locally. Why why scale it to be a national organization, Jason? We had a pretty good template, um, and um, we we really felt like we were doing a good, pretty good job of executing it in Ohio. 
So, you know, the, the USNUA organization takes care of a lot of the heavy lifting for um, the local chapters in that, um, you know, we, we do the organizing of the events. We, we help out with, um, with like the, the, uh, the schedule, the agenda. Um, and, um, and like I said, we had a really good template for it. It was really easy for us to take that and apply it towards other groups and, and make it easy for them to get it off the ground. Um, so, because that's one of the hardest things for running those, those chapters, um, locally is, is that ground game is, is like the, the, all of the effort that goes into planning and organizing an event and, and actually running the event, um, we created an easy button for that. You know, we created a nice template and and are able to to recreate and and take that template and apply it across those organizations. So um, we really wanted to to help facilitate that and help give that to the community. Yeah, as I've been talking to you guys about starting up the New Hampshire networking user group, uh, the template that you've provided and all of the experience that you have running the events has been enormously helpful. Uh, some years back, I was involved with a uh, Bosnog, the Boston Network Operators Group, and we were we were on our own. We weren't under any any umbrella. It was just me and several other guys that were working on making the, those events happen. And it's hard. You got to find a venue, and you're looking for sponsors, and all. And then the, who's going to do the presenting? And do we have facilities to do the presentation in the venue where we want to go? And uh, all of these details and stuff that come goes on. Uh, and not that you'd handle all of that stuff, but just knowing that there's uh, you know a system in place to make that happen. You've got experience from other events, what's been working, what doesn't work, you know, uh, some guidance there, and then uh, helping out with the sales process, like you know, for sponsorship and stuff. Not having to do that is a big burden off of me as the uh, the New Hampshire Nug leader working on getting the first event off the ground here. In uh, if you're listening to this from the New England region, we're going to be in New Hampshire in. Uh, August 2023 sometime. We're working on nailing that date down. So uh, there's a few of us that are working on that event. Um, it is enormously helpful. I'll just say the resources that you're providing already. Uh, I still got legwork to do. We're still trying to find that venue and so on. But um, but you, I, I get it. I, you really are making a lot of things easier. Um, okay, one one flag I'll raise. You're, you're talking to the Packet Pushers Heavy Networking audience. This is, we have... A lot of folks in North America and in the United States, but we're a global uh, podcast. A lot of folks in Europe listening, Australia, really all over the English-speaking world. It says U.S. in the name, the United States Networking User Association. Um, are there non-U.S. nugs? I think you mentioned one in passing, guys. Yes. Uh, just recently, uh, there's now the U.K. nug um, that, that we consulted with. Uh, for those folks to get their events off the ground. Um, they're on their own. They're not part of the USNUA uh, yet, uh, but we are spending time together. Uh, they had an event in London, I believe, is where they were at initially, and they've already scheduled their second event, uh, which is coming later this month. I, I believe it's April 27th also uh, in London. Uh, so yeah, we would love to see this grow, even if we're only adjacent to it globally. Uh, we'd love to just see the networking community continue to 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 make connections beyond just what our VARs or our OEMs uh, would do for us, right? Uh, and so we've got some other channels too uh, in order to facilitate some of those communications outside of just the meetup events themselves. So you'll you'll stick with U.S. as the territory uh, uh, as the 
territory that the umbrella organization of the USNUA is going to serve, but you're, you'll help out anybody who's looking for advice and we want to get something started. And how did you guys do it? You're a resource to those people. Yeah, absolutely. How, what topics? How do you get presenters? Uh, and of course, you know, I think the one one of the elements everybody seems to really like is the concept of the uh, the red card and the yellow card. Uh, do we use at these events uh, to to keep everybody honest? Uh, we stole it from uh, from soccer, uh, the penalty cards. So if we yeah. see someone that seems to be doing a little selling. Uh, you know, it's happened. We, uh, we've, we have seen <laughs> OEM sales folks, you know, corner somebody, uh, you know, asking, begging for a, a purchase order. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, no. We'll, uh, oh. you know, we'll joke with them. We'll we'll flash a yellow card at them and, you know, hey, kind of cut that out. You can do that nine to five. Please, you know, just don't do it for these three or four hours Do we have these events going. Um, but it, we've had some some funny incidents with that, too. I'll a quick story about an event that we had in Massachusetts. It was specifically it was Boston. And I, I happened to be giving the presentation. I was talking about manners and RPKI. And there were a lot of, uh, you know, I'll call us senior network engineers. Uh, if, you know, if anybody's met me, they, they'll see the, the gray in my beard. Uh, you know, there are plenty of folks with many years of experience at that event. But as we were talking about RPKI and manners, very few folks in the room knew what, what those concepts were. But this one kid kept raising his hand every time I asked a question. And, you know, and he looked, I mean, incredibly young. He, you could tell he was, a, he was a teenager. And at one point, I just asked him, like, how in the world do you know the answer to all these questions? Like, what, what is your deal? <laughs> right. And it, it turns out uh, this 17-year-old high school student uh, runs his own ISP oh, uh, wow. from his home. And so he was familiar with manners and he had implemented RPKI uh, on his network, on his his uh, prefixes. Mm. And, you know, it was funny because there was an OEM in attendance and that OEM uh, account manager ran to the front of the room and said, I don't care if you give me a yellow card, I'm offering that kid a job right now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so fast forward to the following summer and I was then at a nug in Connecticut. And that kid walked up to me and he had a polo shirt on from that OEM. Wow. And I was like, so I asked him, hey, that's great. You must have become friends with the OEM. I see they've given you some swag. And he said, actually, I have a summer internship now with that OEM. Wow. Um, so there was a, an employment opportunity popped up for him. And it was, it was great to see those folks get connected. Wow. That is super cool. That is something we try to incorporate in, the, in these events. You know, before we start the events, it's it's really baked into that template. But we ask if anybody in the in the room is looking uh, to fill any any slots on their team. So, and that's been pretty popular and a, and a great way to connect folks. Um, you know, that are that are in this in this industry. Um, you know, those who are seeking for good candidates and someone who's looking mm. for a new role. Yeah. And it's more personal too. You get to talk to people that are actually either offering or interested in the job in person, which can be a better way to make a connection than something less formal. Like the, the Packet Pusher Slack group, have, we have a jobs channel and people uh, that have all openings, they, they'll post them in there. Does that lead to anything? I don't know. You know, it's a Slack channel where there's a posting and it, you know, if there's a conversation, you can see something happening in there, fine. And sometimes there's questions about different jobs and positions that goes on, but it's not the same as being able to meet in person and actually get a conversation going. You make a real connection there that lasts in a way that uh, 
all of us who've been away from live events for so long because of the pandemic and so on, you just know the connections somehow aren't the same in that way. Even with people you know that you're keeping up with, it's not like seeing them in person and going out for a meal or going for a walk and having a chat or the the hallway track at a lot of these events. Uh, again, it goes back to my enthusiasm for uh, you know wanting to start a chapter up here in New Hampshire just to get people together and chat is um, is, is a great thing. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Ethan, I think that's been the for me, the biggest surprise, the, the joy I get out of seeing folks make those connections, right? Mm-hmm. You meet person A and you know what interests they have and you meet person B and it turns out they have similar interests and you get to to um, make those introductions and connect those folks together. And, you know, for the most part, we have to admit our industry is full of introverts, right? A, a lot of us aren't necessarily the most outgoing. I, I think some of us fake a little bit of being an extrovert just to get us through the sales processes. Um, but so it's been really uh, nice to see folks communicating and connecting with each other at these events where they they will walk up and talk to one another and I think a lot of it has to do with that format of making sure that it, you know, it's a non-selling, non-pressure environment. And it, it really it has the intent of let's just talk about the hot topics in networking and, and share information with one another. So that we know what, you know, as we leave the event, we know what homework we have to do uh, moving forward. Yeah, the free beer helps too. <laughs> Back to the alcohol. <laughs> Let's talk in more detail about what one of these events is like. We, we've hinted around and we're making jokes about the alcohol and, uh, you know, and so on. But it's not like you walk in there and it's a free-for-all. There is uh, some structure to the event, right? So uh, so walk us through what a typical nug gathering would be all about. Yeah, sure. So, you know, most of them, we, we've tried a few different formats where we've done like, you know, two presenters and a panel, or we've done a presenter and two panels. And we've kind of come up with this formula where a presenter and a panel discussion is is kind of where we've settled on, you know, the the, the magic um, format for the for the event. And the reason why that works so well is because, um, you know, you're not really, you know, unleashing um, from the, the fire hose, you know, this this but blasting people with information for, you know, an hour and a half, you kind of give them a little more time to, um, to mingle in between uh, presentations and, and to, to have conversations. Um, Cause that's just as important as the, the content you're getting from the panel and the uh, you know, whatever presentations there. So, um, so I think that that format's worked really well for us. And, uh, you know, the, the way it usually works is we try and find somebody to present on uh, an open standard or, you know, a, a cool project they've been a part of. Uh, we've even done um, a, a debate of EVPN versus uh, a layer two leaf spine uh, mm-hmm. as far as data center architectures to in each Actually, Chris, I think, Chris, you were representing Layer 2 Leaf Spine uh, in that debate, if I remember correctly. <laughs> you poor guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you saw Jason's what I Well, and Jason played MC, right? He played uh, moderator for us. Yeah. So it was myself and then uh, one of our a good networking friends, Mitch Vaughn, uh, took the EVPN VX LAN position. And we debated. And we actually took that on a roadshow around Ohio. We did it in Cleveland and Columbus and Cincinnati. And then... We, we really needed to know who who won, right? So we actually had a ballot box and had folks at the end of the night vote on, you know, who who had the better position. What, what would win out, layer two or, or layer three? How do you we even win in that? Because the, the answer is three. it depends. There is, come on. I don't know. Well, 
Well, that, well, that is actually what, what it was all about. It was each each individual candidate representing their position, right? So they in presenting their positions, they talked about the benefits to each, right? And at the end of it, the the way we concluded it really was, you know, they kind of came out of character and said, you know, it, it, they they said just that, you know, we've we've kind of done this in jest, but you know, it really depends on your use case. And uh, you know, Mitch, you know, admitted there are some cases where you need layer two leaf spine. Chris admitted where you know EVPN VX land works better, and uh, but it was it was just a fun a fun exercise that everybody had a good time with. So, so I walk in the door as a, a new attendee uh, to the NUG event. Is there going to be like a, a table or something where I get a badge, someone to greet me if I registered? What what happens? Yeah, typically what we'll do is we'll have a registration table there. Uh, we'll have a greeter. Uh, we we ask folks to sign in and then pick up some swag. Uh, so you know somebody's got to pay for for the venue and the food and and the beer. Uh, so we do have sponsors, and those tend to be uh, OEMs, uh, maybe in the networking space, maybe in the security space, or they may be VARs, whether they're um, national, global, or even just local uh, resellers. Uh, so usually they'll put swag out on a, on a table um, for you to take. Uh, some of the folks will do name tags. We want to make sure people get introduced to one another. So name tags have become popular. We didn't start off with those, um, but it's turned out to, to be a good addition. And usually we give you time to mingle, uh, grab some food, grab some alcohol. And then, as Jason mentioned, the agendas typically are, hey, we'll have one presenter kick it off, run for about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then we'll take a little break, set up some chairs in the front of the room. And then we like to do a panel where the, the idea of the panel is just to get almost a whole town hall type conversation going. Uh, Jason and I will provide a list of questions each quarter to kind of help get those conversations started. Uh, and somebody will emcee that panel. And, and we look for diversity on that panel uh, with employment. So someone may work for a service provider. Mm -hmm. Someone else may work for an enterprise. Someone may work for... Um, a, a VAR, someone may work for an OEM. So, we, you know, each of those perspectives, when you bring up a topic like, you know, where are you or your customers on the spectrum of adopting automation? Or, you know, what do you think of 400 gig? Or, hey, are you ready to buy 800 gig? And, you know, what are you doing with your, with your fiber plant? Uh, so having um, the different backgrounds of the folks on the panel is just super helpful because then you get those um, varying viewpoints of, of where they are in the industry or their view of that. Well, yeah, especially when you're getting into a topic like, you know, super high bandwidth, like 400 or 800 gig, the vast majority of people don't need that much speed. But the people that do really do, and they can articulate exactly what the reasons are, how it impacts their architecture, what their spends are going to be for optics and what they're looking for in their switching equipment. That's, that's going to be very insightful for someone who's maybe running a smaller enterprise. It's like, I don't think if I took every packet moving on my network at one time, I could get 800 gig total, you know? So Right, uh, right. Or, you know, another example is, is being able to share stories of what they believe has worked versus what hasn't, or perhaps how to avoid over-engineering. So, you know, we joke, we, 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 we had hosted the debates about EVPN VXLAN versus layer two leaf spine. Uh, but a lot of folks had questions like, hey, I keep hearing about VXLAN, but I can't figure out where to put this in my network. I just, mm. you know, what am I missing? What don't I understand about this? Uh, or, hey, do, am I right in that I don't need it and I can start giving the Heisman to the salespeople or tell me that I need to buy this and deploy it? <laughs> 
Let's pause the conversation for a message from sponsor Pessler. If you're a regular podcast listener, you've heard countless mattress ads. Now, Packet Pushers is not the kind of podcast where you'd hear a mattress ad, but maybe this is the closest we'll get. Now, the thing is, the only time you really think about your mattress is when it causes you aches and pains. That's why your choice of mattress is one of the most important decisions you can make. It's the same thing with monitoring. Your monitoring solution shouldn't cause you any aches, and you shouldn't need to think about it. It's one of your most important decisions as an IT professional. Pessler PRTG monitoring software has been on the market for over 20 years and has over 500,000 users worldwide. Pessler PRTG Hosted Monitor is their cloud-based solution, which means Pessler takes care of updates, backups, and maintenance, and you just focus on monitoring. It's vendor agnostic with support for SNMP, WMI, flow protocols, and much more. Setup and configuration is quick. You can be monitoring within minutes without even installing any hardware. You get real-time dashboards and customizable notifications, and pricing is flexible. You have the choice of monthly or annual subscriptions based on the number of devices you need to monitor, so you can scale as needed. And Pessler is giving new customers 50% off their monthly subscription for the first three months. Go to PRTG.com, that's PRTG.com, and use the promo code PACKETPUSHERS, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. And make sure you always sleep soundly on a comfy mattress with a comprehensive monitoring tool. This offer ends October 2023. Now back to the podcast. So uh, you just answered another question that I have here, which is that the tech, the content is highly technical, aimed at network engineers. It feels like the hands-on folks. So, like the, you mentioned, there's usually a 45-minute presentation. Can you run through some titles uh, or some, you know, what some of the main topics have been over the last few years? Yeah. So we've we've talked about um, even VXLAN. We've talked about multicast. Um, there was a great presentation from, a, from a, a large retailer about how they built their own open source routers. So it, it's, it's very much across the board, but, uh, um, you know, as I mentioned before, we try to keep it to open networking technologies, no proprietary stuff, nobody really pushing any sort of, uh, OEM or, or vendor agendas. It's, so, it's, so it's all about. Who, who's like a, an Aruba specialist Wi-Fi deployment that, that wouldn't work. Someone who's doing like Cisco ACI, you're probably not going to talk about that unless right. it's part of a broader conversation, maybe where a whole bunch of different fabrics or automation tooling or something comes up. Would you, would you do that? Like here's a comparison of six different vendors and their entries in whatever the, the sassy space or something. Would you do something like that, maybe? Yeah, we try to focus on things that are, you know, regardless of the vendor and sometimes regardless of the the routing or routed technology, you know, what what tooling would be common. So mm-hmm. automation being such a hot topic, uh, you know, hey, let's make sure you understand Git. Uh, let's make sure you understand the single source of truth concept or item potency, you know, was a popular thing to talk about for a little while. Uh, so trying to make sure that those are the things you understand before you move on to the more advanced topics. Uh, open config has been a popular thing to talk about, or even network okay. observability, because, you know, there are a lot of vendors in the network observability space, and it's become incredibly popular here lately, now that our applications are distributed all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on, prem, I'm in one cloud, I'm in a second cloud, I'm in a third cloud, you know, how do you deal with that? So th- with this format, um, folks are able to ask each other those questions and figure out, you know, hey, I tried this and it didn't work, I wouldn't go down that route. Um, versus, hey, this this tool has has turned out to be great for us. We're a multi-cloud user, and this gives me the visibility I need to to operate my infrastructure. Okay, so then there is a little bit of tension there with the sponsor who is an OEM, maybe. Maybe it's um, uh, Juniper or some kind of a tool maker or something like that. They decide to sponsor an event. And you're there telling them, now, now, no selling. 
So they get brand awareness by sponsoring the event, but they're not actually able to pitch uh, people that are there with, uh, with a specific you know, sales opportunity. That's correct. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, for, for the most part, we, 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 that, that, that is right. Um, that said, you know, the, the folks in the room during those mingle, mingle periods get, might have conversations about certain technologies and, and maybe those, those sorts of things might crop up from that, you know, or, and, or maybe they, they just have a brief conversation, exchange cards and, and, and follow up afterwards. But, um, you know, usually it's, it's a good way for, for, you know, the, the engineers in the region to identify, you know, if they, there's the vendors or OEMs that, that are represented there, um, who those people are in their region and maybe, hmm. you know, start a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It, and we've seen that ROI, Ethan, that, that comes up, right? The sponsors are looking for, you know, what do I get out of, of, of sponsoring your event and helping, uh, you know, one story there, we had uh, someone that attended an event and there was a technology company uh, sponsoring that event. So they actually had a salesperson there and uh, they started talking and this person, this engineer uh, was getting ready to publish an RFP and he hadn't even thought to ask this OEM company, you know, XYZ. Uh, but because they were there, they met, they got to talking uh, and then this network engineer put out the RFP. It turns out it was a $9 million opportunity, Ooh, you know, from a sales whoa. perspective. And this OEM would not even been included in that conversation or in that process. So mm. it, it, it truly opened the door for them to participate in that op. Yeah. Okay. All right. So as someone coming in off the street as a network engineer, I walk in, there's going to be a greeter. I get a name tag. Maybe there's some swag. Uh, there's some mingle time. We're going to have a presentation and there's some more mingle time. Now, is there food here in addition to the uh, the much beloved alcohol we've mentioned? Yes. Yes. Typically what we'll have, if the event space does their own catering, we'll, we'll uh, have them facilitate that. If not, we'll bring in an outside catering company to help um, with that. And the USNUA coordinates that. So, you know, we'll ask the local organizers, tell us, you know, what venue you'd like to use. Uh, we'll coordinate with them to, to, you know, get all the right things set up. Cause there's just a lot of considerations when it comes to event planning, uh, when it comes to these things. And our team has a really good measure based on the amount of attendance we can expect on um, how to handle that, how much food to order, what types of food is popular uh, and, and, and running with that. But yes, definitely foods, foods a part of it as well. Excellent. Uh, so I'm going to bet get uh, food and drink, uh, get to meet a lot of people, listen to the presentation, mingle some more, uh, enjoy the uh, the panel discussion, which is kind of a more of a town hall meeting. There's some more interaction back and forth. And and then after that, everybody uh, heads home, I'm guessing. So this is probably three, four hours, something like that. And I, I take it like on, on a weeknight, probably. Yeah, uh, typically Thursdays seem to be a popular night to do it. Um, some folks will do maybe a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. Um, the uh, maybe three hours or four hours, whatever works for that location. And that's where we really have to lean on the, the local group leaders to tell us that. Like, uh, I remember when we were first working with Houston, um, one of the Texas Nug groups, and, you know, they had they explained to us, listen, you can't have an event on the east side of Houston and expect the folks on the west side to attend that. It's, they're just not going to travel across town for that event. And, and so uh, by getting uh, that info from them we have an idea of you know when should we do this what time of day when should we get started when should we wrap it up 
And and there's all kinds of those other things. If you if you're not used to hosting events, there's just so many little things to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. What are the acoustics of the facility? Uh, do they have a television or a projector? How big is it? Do I have to adjust my presentation material or my font so that everybody in the room can see it? Um, you know, what do you do for parking? Parking's often overlooked. Mm. I remember we had an event in Michigan one time and the only option was paid parking and the parking was limited to two hours. So we we ran the nug for two hours and then we had to take about a 15 minute break while everybody uh, went out and reset their their uh, their park mobile <laughs> buy-ins. Oh. So, uh, you know, it's those little things that we try to help um, make sure that we don't want people to be distracted by those distractions, right? We want them yeah. focused on the conversation and on the networking. So we just, as the USNUA, we try to to, to guide the, the local group leaders to be mindful of those things. Now, if I want to attend one of these NUG events, does it cost me anything as just a network engineer who wants to be there? Not a dime. Nope, doesn't cost the the attendees anything to to attend them. It's all covered by sponsorship. All right, so let's say I'm listening to this, and uh, you know, first of all, I, I let's say I want to attend. I want to find out if there's a group in my area. Uh, where do I go so I can see what nugs have been started so far? I was just going to mention the the USNUA um, website. So you just go to usnua.com, and there we have a list of uh, all the upcoming events as well as all the groups. So. Right now, uh, we have probably, I'd say, 11 or 12 active groups, and we have three or four more that are um, in the planning stages for their first event this year. So, of course, we mentioned Ohio. Uh, we've got California. Um, there's one in Connecticut, Florida, Georgia. Uh, we've got Indiana. Uh, and then there's Kentucky and Massachusetts. Uh, we mentioned Michigan. We've got one up there. Minnesota has one. Missouri just started last year, and, and this year we're going to do Kansas. Uh, and then Texas, um, we have one that we call the Texas Nug, but we we have learned, you know, there's a big difference between North Texas and Central Texas and mm-hmm. San Antonio, Austin, and Houston. Uh, so we'll probably have some sub-chapters there, some smaller mm-hmm. groups. Uh, and then we've got uh, Vermont is in the works, Wisconsin is in the works, and then uh, hopefully uh, we can get... Uh, the New Hampshire one rolling with you, Ethan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Vermont one, I know that's uh, AJ Murray and his group is working on that. I'm hoping to attend that. That's a, a couple hours for me. Wanted to get over there and, uh, and and see those guys and maybe one of them, maybe Ma- Connecticut's a stretch for me. Massachusetts is a stretch for me. Honestly, I live way up in the mountains in New Hampshire. So getting down to Mass is, uh, that's that's a ride. But, uh, but yeah, I'm hoping to get out to these. And then, uh, okay. Are you in, but you're open to more nugs. So if people are listening to this and they want to start a nug in their area, um, talk us through that process, how that works. Yeah. The best place to start is going to usnua.com. And uh, at the top, there's a get involved link on that page. um, You'll find um, start an affiliated group. So you can click on the link to start a group there. Um, You would apply as a, a local organizer and we'd ask, that that uh, you know there be two or three potential organizers just in case someone decides they need to step away they can hand it off to to someone else it also helps to spread the load of finding event venues and uh, getting you know, talking to folks about sponsorship and that sort of thing so having two or three organizers getting a few buddies you have in the in the industry folks you 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 work with uh, is a good idea 
Um, but in while we're on that topic on the get involved page, um, there's also uh, ways to find out how to be a sponsor on that page. Um, you can also join uh, the, the group community um, and where you can get notified of upcoming events. We're also always taking um, uh, you know, call call for presenters for folks who are interested in presenting at their local event. So um, you, you can actually submit your idea for for a presentation on that page. And last, we have a um, a Slack channel. Uh, so um, you, you can click on a link there. It'll take you to our Slack um, where we'll, we'll, we'll you will get, get tied into the conversation with all the other groups. Very good, and uh, and as I found out, uh, when you when you apply, you get to get a response. There'll be a meeting on the calendar, and then you can start talking through what all it would be to uh, to get a network user group off the ground in your area. Uh, come armed with some knowledge of what you'd like your color scheme to be, and uh, what you might like for a venue. If you like, know what city in your area would be a good place, and uh, maybe some venues that uh, could could host such a thing would be good information to come armed with. But you don't have to start with any of that stuff. They just took took me and uh, Chris Reed, my uh, fellow organizer here in Cold, and uh, we're getting it done. We're making it all happen. You guys really have made it easy, super easy. Much much appreciated on that. Uh, now, um, marketing becomes another thing. Like, how do I let people know if I've started a nug, that there's a nug in the area? Do you guys help with marketing? Do you have a recommendation for how I would market the networking user group that's starting up? Yeah, we do. I mean, we, you know, we, you are talking about something that it's, you know, physical attendance. So it, it's important to, to get some of that marketing locally there. Uh, from a USNUA perspective, you know, we've got a Twitter account that we use. Uh, we post on LinkedIn. And then through the sponsors, we generally have quite a few connections with some of the sponsor organizations. So um, whether it's a technology type company or a VAR, a lot of times we can reach out and let them know uh, that, hey, we've got interest in, a, in another group that may be in your area or one of your peers would be interested in. So if an OEM sponsored something in, let's say, Texas, and it turns out, uh, you know, hey, we're going to start up a group in, you know, Georgia. Uh, we might reach out to the Texas team, see if they have peers in Georgia and ask them to, you know, share the stories. Uh, what has your experience been like? And if it's been positive, please reach out to your teams in Georgia and, and have them join us either as, you know, part of the group uh, or from a sponsorship perspective. Hmm. Have you guys had any discussions about, I, I guess I'd call it like a, a, a super event or maybe like a regional event. So like, okay, we're talking about, you've already got established in Connecticut and Massachusetts and now New Hampshire and Vermont are starting up. So there's like, we could have like a New England super event with all the nugs joining up or something, or, or maybe even a national conference, something like that, where all the nugs that uh, put bodies on planes, let's all get together and have a big party. Is there uh, any discussion of something like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. We talk about it each quarter amongst the team. I, you know, it's definitely on one of those, uh, you know, wish list five-year plan ideas. Uh, we would love to do a national event, uh, something central in the U.S. maybe to get everybody together. You know, I've been to some events, uh, you know, I'll talk about like uh, up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, they have a, a security event, the GERCON, uh, that's very well attended, well-established, probably a thousand attendees or more. Uh, you know, a one or two, two day event. And, and that's what we'd like to see is maybe get a one or two day event together uh, and have everybody mm -hmm. come in. Yes, a, a big old party. 
and and of course, as as Jason would remind us, with beer, we'll, we'll probably look about. <laughs> it is our tagline, after all. Uh, <laughs> I've been beer, your neutral yeah. environment to talk networks with beer. So, <laughs> and I, I I would say, you know, it's been Chris's dream for a long time to to get this national event rolling. So, hopefully, over the course of the next year or two here, we're we're you know we're able to facilitate that. I have had conversations with people in the industry recently that talking about that there's a hole for such a gathering, for such a for people, particularly with an enterprise networking focus. Um, so I think there's there's definitely space for that. With Interop becoming uh, a digital only event, there is there's a hole there for uh, for a conference that is vendor neutral and would give everybody a platform to talk about, you know, whatever, you know, and then the seeds are there with all these local groups. Maybe that's the, uh, you guys are the ones to bring the new conference to life, whatever the new thing is that we could all go to with Interop Gone and uh, Cisco Live kind of being the only thing that's left, but it's, you know, it's the, it's the Cisco event. So if you wanted a vendor neutral thing, there there isn't anything. Maybe this could be it. Right. You bring up a good point, Ethan, about the, you know, service provider maybe versus enterprise, right? Because there are operator groups out there. You know, there's the the Chinog and, you know, you mentioned Boston Nog. And as soon as you said that, I immediately thought of operators, which typically that label is applied to service providers, right? Tends to be. And that's certainly Nanog's focus is operators as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. You love Nanog, but yeah, there's a lot of topics there. You know, your average enterprise engineer probably isn't concerned with segment routing or TILFA or RSVP or all those telecom related acronyms that are out there. Um, you know, the, the, the enterprise network engineer that may be a bit of a stranger uh, to those technologies. So yeah, we, we would like to do one that's focused on the enterprise networking mm. engineer for sure. Okay. We should talk offline more about that. For this podcast, I have one more question uh, for you guys, which is how do you guys make money? Is it just the sponsorship dollars? I mean, I guess uh, I guess the concern really stems from this. How, how, do, how do we all know as we start nugs under the USNUA umbrella that the USNUA is going to be around in a year? Yeah, it comes out of the sponsorship dollars. So there, there's a portion of every sponsorship dollar that we get that goes towards the operations of of uh, the USNUA. So um, so though the vast majority of the funds that that we receive go into the events, there is a little piece that, that's going to go into hiring folks and uh, you know the, providing some of the swag that we do uh, covers the cost of of shipping out uh, our kits. And there is a kit you get when you know uh, uh, shortly before the day of the event, whomever the organizer is, that'll include you know a, a card for. Um, the the MC um, card for uh, you know each of the, the the presenters and the the folks on the panel so all of that stuff costs money to as far as operations go um, so that that there is that portion of uh, the sponsorship dollars that go into keeping the keeping the lights on as it were okay so th- that is USNUA isn't just you know an idea it is a thing that exists it's a business entity. There are bank accounts, you're managing money, there are employees, there are people that are making this thing go beyond Jason and Chris in their spare time. You got it. That's correct. Yeah. 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 I'd say probably 90% of it seems to be Jason and Chris in their spare time. And in a couple of, (laughs) I mean, it it, it truly is a labor of love um, for us, but because we have added so many groups um, we did realize we needed someone dedicated to that. So that's, that's part of what Jason's talking about is 
taking um, some of that and applying it to a top of house where we can have someone really focused on that event planning, you know, from the, 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 the perspective of event planning mm. uh, and Jason and I kind of fill the gaps in between them. Wow. That's great. Well, those of you out there in the Packet Pushers audience listening, uh, a few of you have approached us over the years and gone, hey, could we have a Packet Pushers gathering? Could we have a Packet Pushers meetup? That kind of thing. This, the USNUA, if you're in the US, that would certainly be our first choice. Start a networking user group in your area. Um, uh, there may be more of a connection between the USNUA and Packet Pushers over time. We're going to see how that develops. Uh, for right now, I'm in New Hampshire working on getting the New Hampshire NUG started with uh, with my friend Chris Reed. We're going to get that off the ground again, hopefully in the summer here, August 2023. We're shooting from Manchester, New Hampshire to be our first gathering. Um, and maybe that's what, what you would be uh, led to do as well. You want to get networkers in your area. You should go to usnua.com and click on get involved and with shaking fingers, uh, type in that you're willing to be a group leader and uh, find your your partner in crime there who's going to help you do the organizing duties and submit that form and uh, and start a nug in your area. I think that you should do that. I think it's really important for people to get together. And uh, I just love what uh, what the USA USNUA is doing and what it's all about. Well, guys, let's talk about the socials stuff, how people can follow you and so on. Uh, Chris Kane, starting with you, are you uh, you on the internet somewhere? Uh, yeah, I'm still hanging out on Twitter. Um, I'm at uh, CCIE14430. And then we've also got a Twitter account that we manage for the USNUA, and it's at US underscore NUA. Excellent. Jason Ginter, same question to you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well, Bits and Flight. Um, uh, and then I'm also on Mastodon. So it's uh, Bits and Flight at uh, MSTDN. Uh, dot social um and then linkedin uh, a good place to find me as well of course yeah yeah it, it's funny as twitter's changed here in in the last year or so linkedin seems to be the place where a lot of conversations decent solid networking conversations have been happening i've noticed that mastodon i've tried it guys but uh i don't know i'm not seeing a lot of traction there at this point where i've been making the effort and putting it in i have my i have a mastodon account too on one of the servers. I don't even remember what I'm looking. Knock.social, I think. I think I'm EC Banks at knock.social. I have to dig around to be to be sure. Well, great conversation, guys. Congrats on the USNUA being a thing. I don't know how you were around so long and I wasn't aware, but I'm really glad you popped up on my radar in the last year. I think I can credit AJ Murray for that, actually. He told me about, now that I, I know that's how, actually. I, I ran into him. He told me the thing was starting in Vermont and I dug in. I was like, I've got to make that New Hampshire thing happen. So again, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for your quote unquote spare time and uh, that you're, you're doing this labor of love to make the USNUA a thing and get networking folks gathering in person and chatting. And if you're still listening at this point, as I blather on extra special thanks to you for listening all the way to the end. I hope that you do want to get a nug started in your area and that you reach out to the USNUA because of this episode. You know, if you're thinking about it, don't, don't wait, just find a co-organizer and get your application in. You can find this and many more fine, free, technical podcasts along with our community blog, all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers, find us on LinkedIn, hear us on Spotify, and if you take a few minutes, rate us on Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate that. And hey, news if you're a wireless person, there's a brand new wireless podcast coming to the Packet Pushers Podcast Network. 
Heavy Wireless with Keith Parsons. I've already got the feed out there for you, so if you look in uh, Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher that you're using and search for Heavy Wireless, it'll come right up. Hit subscribe, and you'll catch the very first episode, which should be in May 2023 is when we're planning to get that first episode with Keith out the door. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.